And when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them from battle. Their number is like the sand of the sea. They marched up over the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the love city. When fire came down from heaven and consumed them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were. And they were tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne of him who was seated on it. For his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of life. This is the second death. The lake. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of life. Father, we praise you for your word, for reveals to us about you, about ourselves, and about our standing before you. Most importantly, of Jesus in the work on the cross, his honor in the grave, his victory over Satan. We're reminded that though we may face struggles, our daily struggles, our daily war with our flesh, the challenges that we face in life, Jesus has victory over Satan, over death, over the sin that besets us. We pray that the Spirit would open our eyes to the truths of your word. Diligent in our study, in our attentiveness, that we speak through Pastor Adams and guide us through the book of Revelation that we would see Jesus glorified and we would understand your truth. In Jesus' name. portion of this, our time together. The most obvious word that I would love to just any moment to share with you that you have just regretted. This is, we'll look at the chart in just a moment. Please receive the word that was just read. There is law, which is a pathway. Law. And there is gospel. Another pathway. Every individual in here, if you receive the text that was just read to you, every person in here will be physically raised. Every one of you. <coughs> I too, joining in humanity, that you and I must not share, will be raised. Physically. Our, 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 our,
our body is in a casket, lowered down, those born over us, and we are raised with Christ, or we are not, we will, either way, be raised again, either hidden in Christ or exposed in our flesh outside of you. We will, both of us, those who trust in Christ and those who have not, both, please hear, both will be raised. And then there will be for you and myself a walk for us. Did you see that? I want to try in this introductory moment with you before I lose for another hour. <laughs> I have one moment where I share it. There are two words that are there are two books that will be open. Come with me in the picture in the bottom right. Everybody is Books are written. God, who is creator, artificer of all that exists, is seen upon his white throne judgment. All said, no one in this room will see this reality. No one. Did you see the contents of both of those books? Law. One book is open, and there's recorded in it deeds. Did you see the contents? Your deeds. Written down, layer by layer, law upon law, deed upon deed, action upon action is the imagery. Everything is recorded. You remember how Christ came to the church in seven letters? <coughs> I am he who searches mind and heart. Those who are on a treadmill of morality, hoping that their good outweighs their bad, the uncertainty of their eternal life built on the church. It's dogma. For the uncertainty of their salvation built on deeds apart from the church. I don't need the church. I have myself and my deeds of goodness and a kind nature. Those deeds are recorded. Praise the Lord. No, not praise the Lord. That is law. Those deeds are not getting you goodness. They're bringing you judgment. You don't mind your good will outweigh your bad. They're all bad. They're done apart from faith. Which it is impossible to please God. You don't mind your good That is law. Paul said at the end of Romans 3. By the deeds, the deeds of court, by the deeds of flesh. How many people, how many people will be justified in the sight How many, according to deeds, when the books are open and the deeds are laid out, how many standing 
are going to be found justified in his white throne, in his judgment, in his sight. How many? Universal negative. No one. Not one. Universal negative. And they will be presented. And he who knows my heart will search. And the deeds will not be like, oh, please, let my good. No one will be found with 51%. All in all, it does is stand as evidence against him. But there is gospel. You see, there is getting no book. Its contents are 100% different. Did you notice? In the book, the source, the book source of life, that, that book that is contained, the book of life, those who will be raised, to go on past a second death experience and into life eternal, is this book of life. So will I be found? Will my name be written in this book of life? This book speaking of life, that everybody in it is of life in Jesus. They are raised to go into more beautiful life. Simply put on those pages are not your deeds. Praise the Lord. He has redeemed us from our deeds. And our neighbors. Our deeds aren't there because there's nothing inherently good about them. All my good deeds I do now have been created for me to walk therein. All the glory and honor for all of my deeds are sourced in Him, hidden in Him, made righteous by Him. And so all that is there is my name. This portrait of faith. Law and gospel. Gospel comes to Not by the treadmill of morality. We're seeing our percentages in It comes by faith alone. Christ alone. You will distinguish your deeds for his righteousness. This is called the good news of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you don't have to say I'm naked and exposed and have your deeds read out loud, though I don't know that necessarily that's exactly what I'm going to picture. But if the Lord who searches the mind of the knows your
deeds are read out loud. Did you notice the consequence for your deeds? It's what I said already. It's a second experience. So those individuals now of the first portion of Revelation 20, verse 5, the dead, the rest of the dead, did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. <coughs> Speaking of the second resurrection, this moment of physical resurrection, they come to life too. But those of the first resurrection are shielded from that second death. They have already seen They're now exposed to physical resurrection to be second death. Yeah, right? They will be, you will be my grace and grace, and you will go for life. You die today, you go to be with the Lord. You will rise and you will be found. So you will be raised. And then in the physical resurrection, so too will you be raised to be in it. What Paul says is the perishable will take on the imperishable. That will be you. And you will be clothed once again. You're disembodied soul, you clothe your physical flesh, and you will go from the first resurrection of life into the final resurrection existence to the new heaven and new earth. But there will be no more scorching heat. There will be no more There will be no more sadness. There will be no more For God is Those who bend down deeds will be crucified by his own word for their They will be evidence of <coughs> They will then be raised in the end of this millennial age. They too will be raised like them physically, and they will move from a death experience now into what the text calls the second death experience.
when he's so blind, we want to face judgment, when we want to look at the deliverance of God and the righteous judgment that God can be bring upon all on that day. It is my heart with you this morning to show you the concrete events of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that brings us to that day and offer it to you this morning to trust Now, when I say to you by way of introduction, I've been scared all week long. I'm not above admitting it. I'm scared right now. <laughs> and what we're about to do together. It's a highly unusual task here with Eager. For some of you who have not been here, I don't wish to turn this people's eyes. I consider myself to be a primary shepherd preaching and teaching. But those are two separate works. They have overlapped, but they are the same works, all the same. I don't want to turn this effort, it's not my vision, or my goal to turn Redeemer and our time of expository worship into a seminary classroom and to bog you all down. And you might have looked at the chart and thought, is this guy completely out of his mind? To realize where we are, who we are, and what we're doing. As when you read the memo that goes out, the message must be more relevant. I have there's accountability also that comes from that. And I'm trying to carry each of you this I thought of most, I can't promise each, I thought of the congregation. I thought, how can I strengthen the people of God? To look upon the book of Revelation and be able to own this, to be able to look at it with some sense of, I've been there. Seeing that, and I heard the final word of its outcome. And now I go from this outcome that I've waited for the Lord Jesus Christ on that day I will be found. And also we might attend that might not go into the And for both of us to rejoice with the believer this morning, rejoice in the concrete words of Jesus Christ, flesh and all And what he did is that God rescued us to save us from so we have to sit here wondering if you are Chart is a bit different 
I got one. When will these things be? Let us not go there because he says it is not for you to know. So my child is not to say, well, we notice that he's coming. But it is a great thing to be in triumph for Christ and I. That he will come again This hope that you have, that will occur, it's certain. And it will not deceive. So if you would look with me on that chart just for a few moments with God and rest I just want to read the rest of you why I'm so nervous because again, I don't wish to overly visually stimulate you. It is not near as complex as my writing makes it seem. It is not complex at all. It is very accessible, and I hope to prove that to you because right now you're all looking and zoning out. You're visually overly stimulated. Don't be. Don't be. Just look at me. Please look at me. We're going to be all right. We're going to be alright. Those who have no sense of what's going on in here are going to need to strengthen. Those who need just a little harder finding on some thoughts at the end time is part of the strength. Together by grace and the community of God, we will be alright. Okay, so let's just take it one step at a time because I'm somewhat, even though it's far as used the laser pointer. Even though I'm not giving the charts and graphs, we'll go that far maybe if it would just be. I want to be helpful. I think this will do it. At least we can talk about it for the next few years. And we can draw our questions and help one another. What is a challenging end times? If you notice there at the top of your chart, there is a two-age eschatology. What that simply means is that if you were to look at the entire scope of the New Testament, what I'm trying to show you is the book of Revelation is not an anomaly all on its own, with weird images, very strange timing, and really hard to grasp, and it's its own thing. But rather, the, the, the book of Revelation, what you've studied and learned by grace, is a part of an entire New Testament scheme, an entire unity of the New Testament. There is not like Matthew having one return, Mark having another one, Paul having his own version, and now John giving us the most radical and hard to understand version with his own twist out. What we're recognizing, if we step back from the book of Revelation, we are greatly strengthened by recognizing it is an entire view of the New Testament how Christ will return, how he came first, how he will come back, and how we will forever be with him. This is a unity of the New Testament. So if you look on your page there, there is a two ages. There are two ages, not ten, not twenty. There are two ages in biblical history or the term eschatology. If you're looking at the title, the term eschatology simply means end times. And, and I'm sure all of you know that I just simply, I, I want to be helpful. To age eschatology, as I read for you, the first brother John read for you Revelation 20 there about the two books being open. I want to draw each and every one of our eyes all the way to the blue. Because this is the beginning work of the God who rescues to draw you out of the mire of your deeds and to draw you into faith in Him. Do not count on your deeds. God who rescues sent His very own Son that you would not rely on your deeds, but you would give. 
That is what we see in eschatology. Roman numeral one there, if you look with me, I just want to simply walk through it for a moment. This is where the God who rescues, bringing us from our deeds and into faith, is number one there, Satan's decisive defeat. This is recorded in Revelation 12. So I'll ask you if you would please turn to Revelation 12. So we can see the very beginning of, of the redeeming work of the Lord Jesus Christ who saved you and me from our deeds of disobedience and save us unto righteousness is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is recorded as we work through several visions and we're now actually ending chapter 20. We're looking back at the decisive defeat of Satan recorded for us in the vision of Revelation 12. If you look at the decisive defeat of Satan, as John has written in the vision of chapter 12, let me begin with you uh, reading there. Uh, I'll just begin with verse 1, and we'll work right now through the passage of the decisive defeat of the God who rescues us, sending his Son to deliver us from our needs. And the great sign appeared in heaven to a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and of agony giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven full, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, not as it is. His tail swept down on the third and started to have cast into the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman. Who is not here? So when she bore her child, he might die. See, this is Satan's work against the, against the male child who is to be born. This is Christ and his decisive defeat over this dragon who seeks to devour him. Because look at the success, look at the deliverance of Christ. Verse 5. She gave birth to the what was the rule of all the nations? The rock lamp. That's a citation for you, believer, as he's looking from the prophecy of Christ from Psalm 2. That he was one of the nations who put a rock lamp. But her child was caught up to God. See, so he was born, that is, he was incarnate among us, and the dragon sought to chop the child, yet he was caught up to God. And it continues. He was resurrected and he was enthroned. The Lord Jesus Christ defeating the devil in his incarnation, in his resurrection, and in his enthronement. That is the last words there of verse 5. To the throne. And then verse 6. The great accomplishment of Christ before the and then verse 6, and that is the community, the church, the people of God, from whom this male child did come. The woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, in which she is nourished for 1260 days. So you see, according to Revelation 12, the dragon sought to follow the male child. Yet the great birth of Christ in the event of the incarnation. This is the beginning of the God who rescues right here. Incarnation. Uh, when, I, when I was using this, Pastor Dan was asking me earlier this week, how are your chicks going to be with baseball? They're not very good. For some reason, I got that. I think it's genetic in my 
father. Yeah, he's like this. So I, I think I, I, I've got that same situation here. So don't be distracted when I point something like this. I'm trying to zero in. <laughs> and the great incarnation is the decisive flow to the kingdom of Satan in this world. And I, I wrote down for you right there underneath number one, Mark 3 22. What that is is the event that we looked at before where Christ is conquering the demonic foe. And he speaks about the kingdom of Satan being divided. And he says this very definitively when a kingdom is beginning to be divided, it is coming to an end. This is the great work of Christ in the incarnation. He came into time. Bearing human flesh. He was just as made like us. He dwelt among us. That he might live us. In that great work, he conquered sin and was confirmed to the right exaltation of honor. The result of that, if you look in the blue, the second point there, we're, we're right here at the result of Christ's victory. Uh, according to verse 6, you saw, right? God's people are saved in that moment of resurrection. You were saved. You, as that race, will also raise who? Us. You were saved. Came to deliver you from your deeds by being made like you. And then, so since you are saved, he doesn't just leave you alone to go through this current age of great difficulty and distress. No, he saved and sustained his church. So you see the wilderness experience of the church. She fled into the wilderness, but it was a place, oddly enough, though in the wilderness, it was prepared by God. Go with me and Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God 
and the authority of His Christ have come. This is the work of Jesus, the God who rescues. For the accuser of the brothers has been thrown down. Who accuses them? They have come by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of the testimony. So they lost out their lives. It is in Galatia, unless those who have overcome, it is simple, therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows the definite moment. He knows that his time is short, which speaks the divine word of Satan. That's Christ's conversation. But as you look at God saving, sustaining, and throwing out the accuser of the brother, have you ever sang that song? I hope now, after you study the blue comment just for a moment, you're going to see what Brandon does song. No guilt in life. No
So when he was therefore raised, this brings to the next point, the resurrection begins the last stretch of time. This is how you can understand your time in history. You are in right now what's the last stretch of time. That's what the New Testament calls the last days. You're in there. You say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm looking for other earthly signs. Oh, I know the end times are on Here's the end times. Jesus was raised. This is how the New Testament speaks of the end times. When does the end begin? When some God is going to be seen. That is the beginning of the end. He has brought the age that is to come. This is the most definitive moment in the The Son of God is From this point, I'm going to look over right here. I, I, I um, filled that in for you with my empty network there. Show you one really point in this very moment where Christ was raised. At this moment, is this last stretch of time. So where we are is we are now in this 2HD. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But now the already, what that refers to is the already of the blessings of the aged in their heart to come. They're already upon us. Have you thought about as you are a what kind of creature are you when you are found in Christ? You. You. What kind of things pass away? <coughs> the old this is already benefit in time. Right here. We're in this current age. And the already experience of the not yet. So indeed, there are more days ahead, are there not? No not yet experience. That's what we call the eternal experience. It is not yet. Yet you yourself belong to it. You have experience in all readiness. That will not catch you. It's in a whole forbearance. So, with Revelation 5, you turn there just briefly about the work of the resurrection, and I can show you this is the definitive moment in redeeming history that begins the end of the age. And I'm not showing you it's tied directly to the resurrection of Jesus. If you look quickly with me uh, there in chapter 5, drop down uh, to verse 5, and I'll kind of briefly work the passage for you. What I'm trying to show you, believer, is that the resurrection, we're heading into the resurrection season. Each Lord's Day is a celebration of the resurrection, indeed. But we're heading into this moment on the calendar of the resurrection season. I want you to, I want to help you that you'll be greatly rejoiced of the truth of the resurrection. That there was the death of all death and the death of Jesus. Look at how the resurrection victory of Christ is spoken in Revelation 5. I'll begin with you in verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, that is, what has he done? He has conquered. He has been raised, and he has been enthroned. He has conquered. And because of that, what he can do, he can 
opened the scroll and its seven seals. That is what takes place in chapter 6. The unfolding of the scrolls and the vision of John as we look forward. Who's opening that scroll? Who is bringing it to pass? Jesus. He's causing us to be in the last days. This Lord, this God, is bringing good to this constant end. Because he is the king. How do you Now look at what they do next, though. Look at, look at as, it, as it develops about the beginning of the end. Drop down. Verse 9. And they say, look at the context of their song. At the, at the uh, end times, if I can call it, the end times song, they say a new one. Pull out. They just snarky and contemporary music. <laughs> They're even developing new songs. <laughs> that was cute. I'll keep moving. The new songs today. Rounding up new merits, new work of the king who has been raised. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. You are alone worthy. Why? Because you were slain by your blood. You ran out What is the promise at the end of the hour? What is it? 
John says at the end of chapter 2, this is his promise to us. We're in the last hour. What will wait? Another hour? We are in. If you look on your chart, it will be replaced. This last days, because of the resurrection of Jesus, these last days will not be replaced by more days. It will be replaced by a state of existence that has more days. This is his promise.
Look at the position of Christ at the point of resurrection. He is far above all. He is above all authority. He is currently in his supremacy above all power and dominion. He is above, right now seated, in the power of the resurrection, above every name that is named. Not only in this age, the current age, you church militant on the earth, not only in this age, but this supremacy reigns also into the age that is He will put all things under his Gave him his head over all things to the church. We are his body. Fullness of him fills all things. We owe all things. Sexually, 
there's one who leads. Who is your Lord? Your sins have been forgiven. You've overcome <coughs> Thank you. 
I decided to be Revelation 3 specifically the promise that Jesus said, if you overcome. Remember, if your sins are forgiven, you have overcome. So if you do overcome, you will bear. I will write on you the name, the new Jerusalem. And I will bring the world of my body back to you. Jesus' name.